I didn't want to be an accountant anymore. But I didn't know what the next step was. But as soon as I had discovered and at least been able to articulate UX, it was suddenly like, because it was basically the job that I had done, but didn't know what it existed. And once I realized it was a real job and it was a real thing, once it was was real in my mind, it, it, it was the only thing that I, I could think about. In the freelance work that I did, there were some days where I worked till three, four o'clock in the morning, not because I had to, but because I wanted to. Welcome to the UX Wannabe podcast, a show that explores how to become a UX designer and navigate your design career in Hong Kong. My name is Tim Chan. On each episode, I will interview a guest from Hong Kong with the hope to learn about their experience as much as possible. In this first episode, I have invited Ananita Sahar to share her experience on how she went from being an auditor to become a senior service design lead. We are going deep into the exact step she took to make a career switch into UX and also how she overcame the thought that she was not a real designer. My dear listener, please enjoy our conversation with Anandita Sahar. Andy, I'm very thrilled to have you as a guest to share your journey with us. Welcome to the show. Thanks, Tim, for having me. I really appreciate the opportunity to share my story with you um, and hopefully share my story with other people as well. One of the most frequent questions I get from the UX community is how do I become a UX designer with no design background? I know, Andy, you you start off as an auditor in PwC, right? That is correct. Walk me through right from the beginning. What got you interested in UX and what do you do in between to land your first UX job? You know, that's a really great question and a really funny story and a long story. Basically, I kind of got into it almost serendipitously in the sense that it landed on my plate without me realizing it was UX. My boss at the time, Deborah, asked me to handle a project around building or at least creating a sales pipeline tool for the business that, that was necessary, but they wanted to build it in-house and they needed someone to spearhead that project. And I told her, I was like, look, I don't know how to code. I don't have that technical background. And she's like, no, we have our engineers and technical specialists, but they need someone to tell them sort of what to build. And I was like, oh, okay, well, I, I think I can help with that. And that was, that was sort of my foray into UX. But we didn't have that terminology. And this was back in 20, I want to say back almost 2010, when we first started this project. And the whole idea around UX didn't even exist in Hong Kong. And it was just something that I was asked to do. And I, that, that's sort of how I got into it. It was just really good luck that I got into it. But it was this desire to do it from the customer perspective, or at least the end user perspective, because I remember at one point when I was trying to do all the specs and the, and the sort of wireframes all on PowerPoint, yeah. I, I realized, actually, I should go and ask the people who are going to use this 
piece of software eventually what they want and more specifically what they do and what they're looking for and what type of information they need to capture, how they use that information and, and how that information is therefore utilized, you know, thereafter. And, and that was how I got into UX, but without realizing that I got into UX, if that makes sense. Sounds like a fun project. Then, then what happened next? What, how did you eventually find out about UX? So I was done with that, pro- that stage of that project and I went back to my sort of regular day job. And it was funny because I, I never forgot it and it was always in the back of my mind. Yeah. And I decided that I didn't want to do what I wanted, what I was doing anymore. And, and, I, and I, I quit my job and I decided, and, and my job was in business anal- analytics. So yeah. I was looking at, at, at company-wide or at least, you know, looking at revenue across the businesses, across the industries. And it was really interesting work, but at the same time, it wasn't fulfilling. And I took the time off to almost sort of like help me to rewire my brain in the sense that I knew that if, I, if you keep doing the same thing over and over again, you know, you're not going to learn anything different. Yeah. And you need sometimes different stimulus to help you think differently. And I thought the best thing for me to do is to com- find a completely different environment to where I am now to, in order to help me to rewire my brain, to, to think completely differently than the way I was doing my day to day. And this had nothing to do with UX, but it was, I suppose, almost an endeavor to get there, an endeavor to think differently. And, and I think to, to caveat this, I always wanted to do something related to art and design. It was always in my back of the mind, but I just didn't get there in my sort of, you know, traditional means of getting to a career. Mm. And so I, I took some time off, went traveling, went backpacking, just completely something completely different than what I did day to day. And then I came back to Hong Kong. I knew I need to figure out what I'm going to do with my life. Yeah. And I didn't have a name for it. I didn't have a word for it. I didn't have some sort of solution, which is called UX. I just knew I enjoy design. I enjoy the idea of looking at experiences on a digital platform. And again, I didn't have these words at the time, Yeah. but I knew that inside of me and I knew this was something that was, I was passionate about. Yeah. And then one day I was going through my emails and it was at the time when Hong Kong HK magazine existed. Yeah. HK magazine had an ad for general assembly and it was uh-huh. for UX. Their first, UX course in Hong Kong, part-time UX course in Hong Kong. And I went through, I, I just happened to click on it. And I, I read through every single bullet point, like what is user experience and what does it mean and how does it work? And I read through those, those bullet points and I was like, I have done 90% of all the bullet points that are here from that past experience that I had when I worked at PwC. And I went, this, this, is, this sounds like exactly what I want to do with my life and what I want to do every day. And, and that sort of gave, gave me a name for what I wanted to do. 
at that time, have you already made up your mind that this is what I want to do for my career? That's a good question. And I was still in a exploratory mindset. I hadn't made up my mind, but it was a very compelling argument when I read just that email. Yeah. And so the email was specifically about an information session with the tutor who was running that particular um, cohort. So I went to that set the information session and I met the teacher and I met the rest of the guys there. I, I, and I listened to what they had to say and what they were going to teach us. And that's, that was the moment when we were done with that session when I went, this is what I want to do, and this is how I'm going to do it. What was the job market like at that time? At the time, UX was not really well-known in Hong Kong. It wasn't a job that was really sought after, I suppose. Like if, you, if I had to go back, and, and I just remember what it was like to try and go through all the job boards, it was not an easy time to try and find a job as a UX designer because it was, it was literally the first year that the idea around user or any like just customer experience, anything around that was really blossoming in, in Hong Kong. And I suppose it, it was a little bit of a challenge, but at the same time, I think I was also lucky because I was entering this field at its infancy and I was part of that first cohort of people in Hong Kong that were really embracing what UX was and what the potential of it could be in Hong Kong. When you took the course, you fully understand that the job market is not as blooming as we were today right now, right? 100%. I, I took a leap of faith and I just... I guess I've always been like that and <laughs> I'm just kind of seeing opportunities and I'm like, look, this is our future is going to be around a digital landscape, whether we like it or not for good or for bad. And hopefully for better, it's where many opportunities are going to lie. And again, it, it wasn't, that was like sort of the ra my rational part of my brain Yep. thinking about this and it, it still holds true today but I suppose like one of the things I wanted to share today was you know what are the things that drive people to make decisions around UX because UX if you think about it from a from the perspective of a you know as a person and making decisions about your life UX is a solution um, you know why is it UX why is it not project management yeah. Or why is it not engineering? Or why is it not something else? Why, you know what I mean? Like, why is it not sales? What is it? How do you make a decision about becoming a UX designer? What, what makes it that and not something else? And it's something, and regardless of whether it's 2012 or 2020, um, or whether it's digital or not digital, it's still a question you should always ask yourself. Not so much like whether or not UX is right for you, but what you want to do with your life and what is right for you. And really, I think it's just an essential set of questions you need to ask yourself. Like, are you passionate about 
helping people and are you passionate about digital? Traditionally, UX has focused around, in theory, it can be applied to anything, but in reality, it has always focused around digital experiences. So if you're passionate about digital experiences, then UX is a possibility for you. Like I remember even well before PwC, when I worked in other companies, I was always thinking about how do I optimize this website? How do I make it better for the customer? How do I make it more delightful or more engaging for them? And if you're asking yourself those types of questions when it comes to a particular experience, then it's very indicative that UX might be an area of interest for you. You know, do you have empathy? Do you have a creative mindset? Are you trying to solve problems for somebody else rather than for yourself? I think that's a very good perspective to think about UX. Like, because to me, so when I I actually, when I was younger in school, I was really into art. And, And art is an expression of yourself, of your thinking, of your point of view on life. And, and to me, when I got older and I, I started getting into design, I realized that the difference, I mean, there are many diff- like ways of articulating the difference between art and design. But to me, one of the most important distinctions between art and design was that design was about other people yeah. and art was an expression of myself. And, and that was really important for me because I realized that, you know, when I, when I do mock up something what you know if it's a you you know piece of screen or something else like i'm not doing it for me i'm doing it for the person who's going to use it and if i happen to be the person who gets it use it at the end hey that's great but but most of the time we're not designing for ourselves we're designing for other people and and if you can put yourself in someone else's shoes or at least be patient enough and care enough to think about someone else's life or what they're doing with it, then it's a really good sign that you should be a designer. Mm. I mean, it also, it's a good sign of that you could be other things as well, but it's, it's sort of like one of the entry questions you need to ask yourself, like, are, do you care about other people? Do you care about helping them and their problems and, and solving for those problems? And then the next question is also, you know, in in pairing with that is, are you interested in design in from a digital perspective? Are you interested in the, in the digital world? Because then you can pair those things together. Are you interested in technology and understanding the technical capabilities that iOS or other types of technologies and operating systems can give you to enable great experiences on digital platforms? and between digital platforms. How does the UX code help you in terms of changing your career? I took the course because it gave me structure. So even before I took the course, I had naturally sort of come to some sort of understanding of how UX worked, right? You need to empathize with the customer, by doing research, just talking to them at a minimum, as an yeah. example, then you define their, their problems, right? And then you d- sort of figure out some sort of some ideas around how to fix that. You go back to them, which is sort of a prototype test, like 
go back to them, kind of like show them what you have in mind, see if that kind of works, go back to the, to the blackboard. If it doesn't kind of like work out, yeah. you know, like you, 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 that sort of like the, the, the process that I was taking intuitively because it made sense. Right. Yeah. Like why should you design something for, for someone without talking to them? Yeah. Makes no sense to me. But what the course did was help me with structure and also with confidence. So there are two prongs to it. One is a soft skill and one is a, a hard skill. So the hard skill is sort of like knowing what method, what tool to use when, how you can use the same thing in different ways, you know, and then also little like little tips and tricks and like, you know, stakeholder management is like something I, I'm a big advocate for and, and it's an important part of what we do. Yeah. And so those are, I would say, like more technical skills, give or take. But like there's a soft skill about like knowing how to facilitate conversations and even just this pure confidence and believing in yourself and knowing that, you know, what I'm doing, I'm doing it the right way. I'm doing it in the prescribed way. And I can go out into the world and know that I'm doing it in the right way. And that is what the course gave me, especially. Because, you know, especially if you don't have a, you know, a formal degree in, in UX design, where, you know, you're going to school, like, you know, Monday to Friday and learning this stuff, it, it, you can have those gaps in your confidence. If you don't, that's great. But for me, especially when that was so new in Hong Kong, yeah. I, I needed that extra confidence and that's what they gave me. That's very interesting that you mentioned confidence. After you finished the course, what was your mindset like? <laughs> uh, I, I remember I, I had written my, my CV, my very short CV at the time, yeah. because I couldn't really write anything related to to finance like because it wasn't related to ux right and except yeah. for the this this small project that i did at, at pwc which was maybe a year you know it it wasn't like compared to all the other work that i had done yeah it was a blip on my cv and i felt so uncomfortable writing it and just sorry i was so uncomfortable writing mm. on the top of my cv i'd, I'd written my name and then on the second line was supposed to say user experience designer. Uh, I remember I, that. Did, did you write user experience yeah, designer? You I did. did. I did in the end. Because again, this is, this is especially again, with the time 2012 in Hong Kong, yeah. UX is not a big thing yet. No one yeah. really knows what it is. And I knew I needed to write it because if I didn't write it, people would be very confused as to what I was trying to do. Right, you've got this background in finance, but then now you're talking about something related to design or digital or something like what is this? What is this person trying to do? Yeah. And I knew that I had to be very specific and clear about my intention of what I wanted to do. Yeah. And I, and I felt like I felt like such a fraud <laughs> writing the words "user experience designer" second line of my CV because I didn't feel like I had enough experience uh -huh. to write those words down. But I also knew that if I didn't write those words down, that I would confuse people as to what I was trying to do 
or what, what my intention was. Yes. So it took me a really long time to write it down and save it as a PDF and send it to someone. <laughs> what happened after you wrote down the word user experience designer? I was terrified. <laughs> I was terrified because I felt I had the same thing, imposter syndrome, like, oh my God, I'm writing this word down. And you know, what if I don't live up to that terminology? You know, what if I'm not embodying this term the way that is expected if someone would truly actually, you know, interview me or even give me a job? And, and I was terrified. But I, I had to, I had, I had two minds. I had my, my terrified side of me and I had the logical side of me. And the logical side of me was, if you don't write this down, no one is going to know that you want this job. Yeah. And then they can figure out whether you're, if you can do the job or not. Like if you are skilled enough to do that job. And go on. It you is. Ask questions. Yeah. I, feel, I was like, it was really hard because normally think about what you put down in your CV, right? It's you interview for that company, they give you a title and you put that title in right. your CV. But yeah. for us, we have to make up our own title. We haven't actually exactly. worked on a real job as a UX designer. So it was a very, very, you know, terrifying experience. And us. I think that's, that's exactly. And I think that's what it is because we're used to somebody else giving us that title, someone else giving us that label, you know, like you are this rather than us saying to ourselves, I am the fill in the blank. Right. Yeah. And I think every individual needs to be able to say, I am this, not because somebody else tells me that I am this, but because I know that I am this, or at least I believe that I am this, or I want to be this, you know, and, and you work towards that. If, if, even if it's imposter syndrome, it's, it's still something, if you want to be that person, you need to say it to yourself. And it's not something that we're taught to do. It's something that, you know, we're told we are something because somebody tells us that we're something mm. and that's wrong, at least in my opinion, anyway. But then when you put down, user experience designer, what do you put down on years of experience when you haven't got your first job? How did you um, present it exactly? Mm, good question. By the way, I think that took me about two weeks between the time I realized I need to write down user experience designer yeah. to the time I actually saved it as a PDF and sent it to somebody. <laughs> that was a um, time. <laughs> cause, yeah, because I, I wrote down user experience designer and I remember deleting it. Then I'm rewriting it again and deleting it. Yeah. And because I was, I was going back and forth about writing it. So it took me two weeks and I'm like, okay, fine. I, I'm now, you know, two weeks later, I'm ready to write it. I'm ready to send it off. Yeah. I'm, I'm good to go. Okay, cool. And I wrote down as much because I, I really only had, so what I had also, and this is something that's also very, very important. Yeah. If, if you don't go to school and you don't have a, a degree in, in design, digital design of some sort, yeah. you know, you need something else. It's just the reality of it. If you go to school, the idea of school around design is that you are given projects and you obviously learn the theory and the methodology that helps you to become a great designer. 
and and you get a certificate that sort of gives you the markers of that. So again, it's that external label that somebody else tells you, you are now a designer, you can now get a job in design. Yeah. Right. We don't have that, right? We didn't have those external, you know, formal degrees in design. Yeah. And, and so what I did instead was I did two things. One was to, I mean, literally do as much work in, in UX as I possibly could. I worked for free. It doesn't matter because, you know, you just need the experience, right? So I, I took a couple of projects on um, related to UX just to get it under my belt that I had done, done them. And the second thing was to try and network with other people who were experienced user experience designers mm. and, and get them to review my work or get them to give me pointers. And just, again, this is, this was like that external validation that you're on the right track, you're doing the right thing, or, you know, you might want to tweak this. You might want to, you know, read up more on this, this and this, you know, that's, and I, I did that as well. And that's sort of supplemented my journey of improving myself. Yeah. And so when I had to write down on my CV, you know, my experience, I had those two projects and I wrote them down in so much detail that it was enough to cover one page. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, I, and I sent it out. Maybe I had like one and a half pages or something like that yeah. because I didn't want to discount my previous experience because, and okay, to be quite frank, I did sort of discount it. I was like, oh, well, you know, I have these other experiences there, they should know about it, but they probably aren't that relevant. But mm. I later realized that actually they were more relevant than I realized. But anyway, it is. You mean um, you, know, you want to hide your auditing experience because you didn't feel it's relevant to UX? I wrote down that I had been an auditor and I wrote down that I had been a financial advisor, but I didn't write any bullet points underneath those positions because I didn't think that they were relevant. Mm. Um, but actually when I think back on how I do my work now, yeah. I realize how important and helpful that those experiences were for me. But yeah. I, again, in the moment, I just didn't know that I could only see that in hindsight. Hmm. Interesting. That's part of you, right? That's what makes you become a UX designer in the first place. So in hindsight, you should include that in your um, cover letter. Kind of, but in a, I mean it in a very specific way. So mm. it, being an auditor, as an example, gave me two things. Being an auditor makes you extremely structured. And in some sense, in, in UX, being very structured can actually help you in both the way you do your job, but as well as how you look at a problem and how you structure a solution. Yeah. But the other thing and sort of related to that is there was one particular thing that we had to do as auditors, which was um, they, talk, they used to call it controls. Mm. So, you know, auditing isn't just like checking receipts and making sure that the same number as what's on a piece of paper, but it's also around checking how do you control a situation? So for example, payroll, is a, is a process and you want to check the controls around a process. Yeah. So what we would do is that we would go in and we would interview all the people involved in a particular process end to end to see how it was done yeah. and to see if there were any breaks and to see how it could be improved. Oh. And I realized later in my career as a UX designer is that 
that skill is actually quite helpful when you're trying to understand the experience that the customer goes through when they're trying to finish a task. Yeah. So this is more probably related to service design, but even as a UX designer, when you're going through it as a, at a screen by screen level, it's really helpful to understand how someone completes a task and that sort of structured methodical thinking, you know, of finishing something from A to B and, and also figuring out like, are there any breaks in that journey is also really helpful. And again, I didn't realize it at the time and, and retrospectively wished I had, you know, promoted that skill a lot more when I had gotten into this job. I want to switch gears a little bit, Andy. I want to talk about sure. your job hunting strategy at that time. So, so you mentioned that you, you did some free UX work. You got someone to reveal your portfolio as well. What mm-hmm. else did you do in terms of jobs hunting? So I went to every, at the time, I went to every UX forum, every page, every something that had anything to do with UX and basically contacted every single person that had posted in the last three months. Mm. And, and I, I was just partly to introduce myself to the, into the community um, as well as just seeing if there were any options or opportunities out there that I was not aware of. And then obviously going through normal channels of looking for jobs like jobs DB or whatnot. Yep. And then connecting with recruiters in Hong Kong as well, because it was just like an emerging industry at that, at that point. And then honestly, they're going to networking with as many people as possible and telling them I was a UX designer and oh, I'm looking for a new opportunity at the moment. If you've heard of anything, let me know. Mm-hmm. Like that was, that was essentially it. And I, and I honestly, like, I pretty much went to these things, like, as many nights in every week as I possibly could, just because you, you never know what's going to happen. Um, that, that's essentially how I got into it. And even, obviously, not every single lead gets you something, but it was still good because I got to learn and, and know about a lot more people in the industry in that way. And that helped me to to realize a lot of, so, like so many of the things that were happening in Hong Kong that I didn't realize. Uh, how did you convince them that hire me? How did you do that? Okay. My really, my first proper gig, mm. it was, I, I did it for free. So I said, hey, look, I'm just learning. I, I was very transparent about it. Yeah. I'm just learning, you know, you can, we can do it as many times as you want. You can be part of the process as much as you want to be. Um, but this is something that I'm going to be, I want to do. Would you be up for me just making literally like, you know, this, cause everyone, if you're not like a, a mature buyer of design, you, you look at screens, like how many screens do I get? Yeah. Okay. So I was like, okay, I'll do as many screens as you need in order to get you into production. Um, you know, are you cool with that? And I will work with your, your, your developers because, you know, I know that they're the ones who are going to have to take all these designs and utilize them. I will work with them um, to do it. And again, I'll do it for free. And they're like, Hey, great. You know, that's, that's perfect. 
you know, because they knew, because you have to make, I mean, if they were also in a startup, by the way. Mm. So it's not like they had a whole lot of budget. So they were knew they were making a, a, you know, a compromise between probably high quality versus, you know, cost. So they took me on, we went through the process of designing, going, going to the developer, changing things, going back, et cetera, et cetera. Fine. Mm. And so when I went into doing more freelance work, I had this very extensive portfolio of work where, again, I had gone from doing guerrilla research with my friends, with their friends, like people that they had recruited as well through their networks and going to the design process, going to the development process. And then they were like, oh, okay, so you have some experience. It's cool. What was your mindset at the time when you walked into the interview room for those startups? I was not confident in the sense that, oh, yeah, you know, I'm totally going to ace this. <laughs> I was just like, I think I was just very probably naively confident in the sense that I was like, look, I'm going to show them what I can do. Yeah. And if they don't like it or if it's not up to par, okay, all right. That's that's how it – That's I'll learn something. Yeah. And, and I remember I got an interview, not with startup, but so I got two interviews with two agencies in Hong Kong yeah. and with one agency, it went really well. And I got a, you know, got an offer from them. Yeah. Um, and then with another agency, I, I did not, but it was yeah. a really interesting experience. And I still learned from that experience. Um, I got an interview with the head of an agency in Hong Kong, she had learned about this accountant who was trying to be a designer and she was just very interested. She just wanted to meet me yeah. out of curiosity. And yeah. I was like, look, I'm not probably not going to get this job, yeah. but I'm probably going to learn a lot out of this one, like one hour experience. And so I went and I met this woman and, and she, and I brought I think as many things as I could, like my laptop and my notebook and, and my pa- paper and pencils and everything. Yeah. And, and I was showing her my presentation, my portfolio. And she, show, and she asked me, show me, show me your notebook, you know, your sketches. And I'm like, okay. Yeah. So I pulled out my notebook and I showed her my sketches and she went through it. And she gave me, you know, just like feedback and her perspective on how to do this. And, you know, she might have been right, she might have been wrong, but it was yeah. so good to hear somebody tell me, like, this is how I would have done something. And this, this is how I could improve this. And, you know, this is what designers do. Yeah. And, and, and that was, and I didn't get that job. And I was okay with that. And that was great because I still learned something. But yeah, like, again, going back to your question, like, I went into those interviews with, like, just a really humble notion of I'm doing the best that I can. I may not get this job, but I also know that as a startup, you're probably not going to be able to maybe, you know, hire the most experienced UX designer. But if I show you in sincerity and the genuineness of my intent and the fact that I have tried and I've put so much time into doing UX for other people, whether it's for free or out of my own interest, yeah. Hopefully that's enough to convince you. And usually it was enough. So show them your passion and your dedication to 
taking this job seriously, right? 100%, 100%. Like, it, like imagine like, and this is what I tell some of the guys that I work with who are interested in UX. It's like, if you genuinely care and you genuinely, genuinely want to be a UX designer, yeah. go and redesign an app as an, if you want to do mobile design, if you want to do web design, you can also do that too. Whatever, whatever fits your fancy, go and redesign it and show me why, why you've redesigned it in this way and go through the process, you know, as you've read about it, because ultimately we have to read something. You have to sort of like learn something and then apply it right to to do the job or you can guess it in the, and that's also fine because that's sort of what I did as well. But, Show me that you actually mean what you were saying. No, don't just tell me that you want to be a UX designer because ultimately it doesn't matter if someone has paid you to do design or not. Yeah. I want to know that you have done it, mm. right? Have you done it and then it gets implemented into the public? Like that's great in the sense yeah. that you have live work. If, you, if you've done it and it's been reviewed by a senior designer, and thus it's been improved and then released, that's even better. Yeah. Um, but if you have neither of those things where you, it's not been reviewed by somebody, it's not been released, okay, fine. I mean, I can still understand that if you're coming in as a junior UX designer, but at least you have shown me a dedication to trying to do something. You know, the, the, the fact that you've, you've gone home after work and mm-hmm. put in a few hours every couple of days and, and, you know, try to do something and learn how this actually works. Yeah. That's a, the kind of thing that I'm looking for in a UX designer, that mm. they've gone through the details of it and they've made the effort to learn about it. So don't just say, I'm interested in UX. Okay, great. What have you designed? Um, nothing. I'm just really interested in the UX. Then it's kind of like, hmm, is this person really, really interested about user yeah. experience? hundred percent. Like, I mean, there's a difference between saying I'm interested mm. and then a diff- and then saying I want to do UX and give me a job in UX, you know, and like interested is like, Oh sure. I'll tell you what my job. Yeah. And then if somebody says, I want to do UX, I would say, okay, tell me why you want to do UX. Yeah. And then if somebody says to me, I give me a job in UX, I will say, show me your portfolio, show me the work that you have done that proves that you should be in this industry. Mm. All right. There's like almost three steps to it, right? Yeah. You can be interested and you go, okay, I'll kind of read about it. And then if you're interested, you might kind of like try a few different screens or you might look at an app and kind of do some research around it and, you know, and like start to dabble and then go, Oh, this is so cool. Wait, how do I become a UX designer? Yeah. And then I'll be like, well, you know what I mean? Like, those are the steps that I expect a person to take when it, you know, when it comes to any job, really. Yeah. But UX, you want to see someone do something. Yeah. And I want to bring it back a little bit about the, um, the job hunting part. What if my job doesn't have anything related to UX, but I'm still very interested and I want to uh, do it anyway? How would my approach different to yours in terms of, landing my first UX job? Well, if you really want to learn or experience it, Mm. and let's just say that, again, there's an assumption that I'm making that 
there's an, if you know what UX is, right? Because again, when I started, I didn't even know that UX existed. Yeah. So you know the term UX, which means you can Google it, yeah. which means you can read about it, which yeah. means that you can at least read some of the fundamental steps of research to find the problem, design, prototype test, like basic design thinking 101 yeah. and apply it in a very small, minute way. You can do that. If at the very, if you say like, okay, I don't have a job in UX, you know, I work at the post office. Yeah. We don't have, we don't have an app. We don't have a website, you know, whatever. Yeah. So I, I can't even imagine anything that doesn't have a website. Sorry. <laughs> but I, I would then argue like, if it doesn't have a website, design the website for the post office if it doesn't exist. Uh, if the post office doesn't have an app, design an app for the post office if you think that would be appropriate. And if not, again, figure it out. There's no reason why you can't find something to design for. You can use yourself, you can use your family, the people that you know as yeah. your inspiration for design. There's always something that you can design for, I'm sure. Yeah. If you really believe that you are a designer, you will find a problem in society that you can design for and you do it. And I mean, not do it as in you, you don't, may not necessarily know how to code for it, but yeah. at least show me how you would solve the problem for it. Even hand sketches, yeah. I'm fine with. You know, like I want to see intent and I want to see the thinking yeah. and I want to see the, in the intention around wanting to solve a problem and testing it with the user and, and hope, and then potentially even iterating. I mean, if you can iterate, if you can test and iterate, that's even better. Mm. Yeah. I, I mean, again, anyone who, who says I can't design for something because it, my, my job doesn't tell me do it. I, I would then counter challenge them mm. and say, why do you need your job to tell you that you should sign as a designer? you we are proactively thinking about how to design our world around us in a better way i think that's a very good advice and perfect place to wrap up this ux wannabe podcast any final advice for the ux wannabes out there yeah i i guess i would say don't be afraid of trying new things and, and just having it go and reaching out to people around you to just get a point of view. Everyone loves being a critic and it's, it's really hard to be someone who makes things. So if you have the courage to make something, the people in our industry are generally nice enough to try and help you and, and improve you and, and you know, hopefully even hire you if you show the right promise and intent and desire to do this. The conversation surprisingly kept going on after we thought we finished recording. There are some interesting conversations happening here and I thought you would enjoy this bonus clip. Back and become an accountant if I wanted to be. Yeah. But I didn't want to, I had left that life to become the person that I wanted. Do you feel like it has to be UX? I, I felt like it was more anything but accountant. You're right in the sense that it was, it was I didn't want to be an accountant anymore. 
but I didn't know what the next step was. But as soon as I had discovered and at least been able to articulate UX, it was suddenly like, because it was basically the job that I had, I had done, but didn't know what it existed. And once I realized it was a real job and it was a real thing, once it was, was real in my mind, it, it, it was the only thing that I, I could think about. I, I spent the, uh, in the freelance work that I did, there were some days where I worked till three, four o'clock in the morning, not because I had to, but because I wanted to, because it was, it was, it was all consuming in my mind that I wanted to do this. It was like when you're really passionate about something, it just, it just doesn't matter. The time flows like that, right? You don't even know. Yeah, absolutely. And it was, and I enjoyed it. And I think that's what, in the fact that I enjoyed it, even like would also just fuel me and believing in this, this path as my future, because something that made me so happy, how could this not be my future? So it just drove, drove me more and more. So yes, if, if it had failed miserably, if I was a terrible UX designer and I was <laughs> never meant to be a UX designer, yes, I could always go back and be a CPA. So I had finished my CPA. I'd gotten my, you know, the license was there, all of that. Yeah. I did. And so, yes. And part, part of the reason why I had finished it was so that I could have a fallback. Um, but it was the last thing I wanted to do. And so I think part of, I suppose part of this is like, you need to commit to it. If you were always thinking like, oh, well, I can go back, which you can, you know, like, again, if you're like a CPA, as an example, like, <laughs> yeah, you can, you know, I can go back. If you kind of like, you know, you can't be half in, half out. you got to really go for it. You've got to believe in it. Like just as you've done, you know, if you would have gotten your master's or whatever degree in design, yeah. you then go out into the world and you commit to getting a job in that, in that industry, right? Yeah you need to make that same commitment in your mind. Like I am going to be a designer. I'm going to do what it takes to get there. I, I feel like it's very similar to, to a relationship. Like you really need to put in the effort to commit to it, to see whether it works out or not. You can't just really sit on the fence and, you know, stalk someone's uh, Facebook or Instagram and say, hmm, we will be a good fit. You need to really go out with that person. And I think the same 100%. goes for any job. Yeah, and it can be really scary because you have to put yourself out there. You have to really show yourself and the people that you work with what you're made of. Yeah. And that's a really daunting thing to do. And, you know, doing anything like this, changing your job, whether it's to UX or anything else, you know, it's, it takes courage mm. and it's the first thing you have to conjure in yourself, whether you're brave enough to do this for real, or if you're just kind of do this half-ass, like half-ass is never really going to work for anything. Anything that's really matters in your life, you can't do it half-ass. Mm. And the same, you know, like, your job or especially with changing jobs and with someone who's trying to hire you or wants to hire anyone, yeah. if they kind of think that you're not really in it, that you're not really going to stick it out, 
yeah. you don't have the courage, they're not going to hire you. And that, and that's why I say like, you need to prove to them that you are in it. And that's why doing these extra projects, these freelance yeah. projects is so important because if you do it for somebody else, it shows that you have a commitment to somebody else. Yeah. If you don't have the ability to do that, at least at the minimum, do it for yourself. Do it for something that you care about. If you're interested in, you know, like, you know, um, charity work and you do it for a charity, whether it's for like, you know, you know, dogs or, or, or the elderly or kids or whatever it is, do something for them related to UX and, and show that you're doing it for somebody else and not just for yourself. Like True. that makes a huge difference. True. I think one of the benefits that I uh, just think of when you mentioned taking a UX course, apart from giving you the structure and confidence, the first thing I've just thought of is it shows your potential employee that you are serious about this because you did, you know, make a significant financial commitment to prepare yourself to be a UX designer, right? Yes, that's a very good point, actually. Yes. Yeah, because you're right. I had to put money down to, to do that. <laughs> and it wasn't a small chunk of change either, you know. And that's as to your point before, Tim, it's just like a relationship, right? Like if you really mean it, you're going to put your money where your mouth is and you're going to yeah. dish out a rock, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's the same thing. And, and the other thing is that I suppose with the, with the courses, again, whether it's a formal degree or, or with these other types of, of courses, they, they do often give you connections that like they do make the effort to reach out to other businesses to see, like create those opportunities for you. If you don't have the ability or at least haven't been able to, to conjure those mm. opportunities yourself. So that I remember like quite a few of my colleagues ended up getting roles through the program, which was really nice. Yeah, that's a good point. And do you think like for someone starting out, like startup is the easier barrier to entry compared to other kind of companies in terms of finding your first UX job? I believe pers from my own personal experience, I loved working at startups because yeah. I mean, they're so different. I mean, I came from corporate when yeah. I, or at least like a big four, I should say, which is, has a very particular, has a more corporate conservative environment. And then going to startup was so fun and liberating. But the one thing I would say specifically around startups is that you kind of have to, whether you like it or not, you have to wear many hats, mm. you know, like you can't, you can say like, oh, I'm just a UX designer, but oftentimes you have to learn other things adjacent to just traditional UX. Like you have to learn more about UX research as an example, yeah. Yeah. whether it's downstream to do the actual usability research or upstream to do the exploratory research. You know, those are, those are skill sets that you don't necessarily get if you go into a corporate which may specifically define your role in a very specific way. Like you only do UX or you only do research or you only do UI. When I worked in a startup, I got to do almost all of it. Like I even did UI. I mean, I didn't do design systems because that we didn't need them in a yeah. startup, but I had to learn UI. 
and I did UI um, and I learned what I was good at and what I was bad at <laughs> and, and, and what I really enjoyed. And, and I, I still believe that working in a small company is really helpful for that reason to yeah. give you experience and to help you understand what you're good at. So would you advise people to go for a startup instead of like a big corporate if they are fresh to, to UX to get I mean, more perspective? Sure. If all the variables are the same. So if you don't care about, I know money or benefits and number of holidays or, or whatever it is, like assuming all those things are the same, yeah. I would, yeah, I would definitely work at a startup. And again, that's my personal preference, just simply because of the variety of potential roles and hats that you would need to fulfill. And then you can always go into corporate later. Once you have a better understanding of what those different roles are. Yeah, that's true. But if you, if you already know what you love doing, like I only want to do UX or I only want to do UI or I only want to do this. Great. You know, then, then go for it. But if you're not, if you haven't fully figured it out yet, mm. I think startups are a great place to go. Yeah. And I think realistically, it's very hard to get into corporate because you can't pass the first gatekeeper, if you know what I mean. Like they see you, they'll be like, hmm, not buy, you know, like instead of like startup, they will give you a chance. Yeah, I think maybe in, in corporates are a little bit more strict. Um, maybe because of HR or like, you know, fulfilling certain criteria, yeah. whereas in startups, they might be a little bit more, you know, flexible and understanding of the fact that, you know, again, like a person has to fulfill multiple roles yeah. and they want, they want to see people who are multi-talented yeah. in startups. Right. Yeah. And I don't think they're looking for people who are, you know, they're looking for more breadth than, than singular depth unless it's like a very specific situation, yeah. like a very specific project, in which case they probably can outsource some of that. But yeah, like I, I've always had really good experiences with startups. And so I, I would highly suggest them. Cool. Thank you, Andy, for joining us today. And I hope to see you guys in the next episode.